I know now my place in this world. Multiple intelligence study is really an eye-opener for me, and I share it to a lot of people because I want to empower the dance artists. This is what I can do, and this is what I believe I am good at. You Welcome to the Creative Leadership Podcast. My name is Rod. And my name is Mark. And today we're interviewing Giselle Dapatsi about energy, honing your skills, and being a celebrity. Giselle Dapatsi. Yes. Tell us the story of your name. Okay. Giselle is a combination of my mom and my dad's name. My um, dad's name is George. And my mom's name is Lucila, so but it's also called Lucille. So they combined it, so Jor, and instead of making it seal, they made it sell, Jorcel. And then Dapat is a Filipino word that means must, Dapat. And there's a hyphen there, C is the surname of my husband. So Jorcel is a combination of my mom and dad. Dapat in Filipino language means must, and C is my married name. So there. Hmm. Nice. And what? What is it you do? How would you call it yourself? What What would be on your business card if you could make it up? Okay. Here, I think every time they ask me, okay, what do you do? I always say I'm from the entertainment business, and. Uh, I have a company that I founded and I I direct. Um, I am um, I am a mentor. I am a dance director. I I'm a creative consultant back home, but um, in 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 the Philippines, I am just known as the celebrity choreographer. But what I want to put in my in my business card, which I really don't practice giving business card. Um, I just want to say I'm a, um, an entrepreneur and a creative consultant. Mm. And could you tell us three reasons why you do what you do in bullet points? And we're, we're going we're gonna to select one of these reasons that we want to hear more about. So just give us like a, a bit of a preview in bullet points. of Three reasons why, what drives you? Okay, one, number one is I love what I do. It makes me feel alive. Number two, I know that this is my purpose in life because a lot of people are actually being inspired by what I do and I give them livelihood. Number three, it inspires also my family. I really want to hear more about number one also because it, it makes you feel alive, I think yes. you said. And and every time I talk to you, there is this bundle of energy. <laughs> and there's, there's so much life and Hello. energy that 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 is that that for me is G. Is is Oh yeah, G, that's my name here, I think. Yeah, I just made it G to for it to be I mean easier to be remembered. Yeah. Um, I say that it makes me feel alive because dancing really is a tool to make a person feel alive. I mean, when you when you feel happy, like when you hear a good news, you jump up, jump up and down, and you like create a music in your head, right? And um, 
a lot of people who who say that they can't dance, I believe that you know they just haven't activated that side of them. And um, you know, when you activate that and when you embrace dance, you can actually really feel that there's more to do with with body. And imagine body being connected to music. So that's using your your senses, your your hearing. And then when you have a partner, you dance, you move, it will also connect to your sense of touch. A lot of senses. And um it's it's really it's really a matter of of just you know embracing it embracing dance but for some they i know that i know that they're kind of um intimidated by the word dance but once you embrace it you just do it you know it will happy hormones will be released you will be happy and when you're happy i always say this when you're happy you will function magnificently so even stiff white guys like me can learn oh, how yes. to dance? Oh, yes. Our Believe podcast me. listeners have no idea that you're white. <laughs> <laughs> you have no My idea. <laughs> I've, I've seen worse. I've seen worse, of course. I can make you move. I can make you dance. But to make you a great, a, a great dancer or a professional dancer, that's another thing. Mm. Yeah. Now, you, you had mentioned a word at the beginning of what you were saying. I think you said hum... hum Hum-bam. 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 For those who don't know, this, uh, like, give us, give us the, the scoop on that because that is a, uh, an actual expression now that yes. you created in the Philippines. <laughs> um, it just came out. It's my expression. Um, it can mean a lot of things, and I'm so happy that it was actually Think who was able to give a de- definition to it. Um, I always say whatever I do... Like, you know, when I'm correcting someone, what are you doing? That's, that's some bam. Or what, what is it? You don't have, you, you don't come on time. I'm going to bam you. It means a lot of things. <laughs> and when anything. I, when I, yeah, it's when I appreciate a dance or a performance, I'm going to scream out loud, bam. So it means a lot of things. And think the way they defined it. I love it so much. And I use it in all my interviews back home. bam is, um, is a word that translates energy, but it can mean a lot of things. Yeah, and it's it sounds like it's also the way that you say it gives it the meaning. Yeah, uh, of the tone, right? Yeah. Humbam. Humbam! <laughs> Don't you humbam with yeah, me? Yeah, that's yeah. correct. So, yeah, that's the meaning of it. And I'm happy with Think that they were able to put a definition to it. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you you were you were talking about the story of your name and it sound it's it sounds like your name is a mashup yes on both sides yes do you feel like that somehow influenced who you are the fact that your name is a combination of names do you also seek that and yeah I believe that I am really a combination of a lot of things like in my family I am I am a combination of um, um, my dad's roots um, he uh, he came from a Wala family in uh, Cebu. That's one of the provinces uh, in the Philippines. And um, he did a lot of... Uh, like He's very inclined with music. He plays the piano. He dances. Uh, he danced. And um, he also became um, a dance instructor, but not the kind of uh, dance instructing that I do. Um, he's a, he's such a chick boy. So he uses, you know, music and, uh, and dance to invite girls. 
Well, that's him. Um, such a playboy because uh, he's very charismatic. And with my mom, he's from Manila, and uh, he's uh, my mom is from Manila. She's actually from Tondo. Tondo is a place in uh, in the Philippines in Manila that is a a poor place. Um, a lot of uh, um, it's actually populated there. Uh, she's not from a well-off family, um, and uh, you know that she's really uh, like the streets molded her to be a strong-willed woman. Mm-hmm. So that's her. And um, Dapat, my surname, says it means must. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, it, I, and I am that kind of person. I always must do things, must do this, must do that, must go to think, <laughs> must learn. I am that person. And I am, um, I am uh, married to um, a Filipino Chinese. So... Yeah, that's a correct observation for me. I'm a mashup of a lot of things and a lot of culture, a lot of people. And when it comes to my career, I was handled by the best mentors and teachers in the Philippines from jazz, ballet, commercial, theater. I am a mashup. And um, I I love it that I've experienced that. I am lucky and I feel blessed that I have experienced that because um, I had a lot of learning from different walks of life, from different, um, how do you say that, level of living in life. And um, that's what I want to share now to yeah. a lot of aspiring dancers and dance artists. And what that sharing, where is that, what is that leading to? What's your goal, your aspiration, your vision? What do you want to achieve? Because this energy, it, it feels like it's all, it's not random energy. It's not going in any direction. It's, it's very focused. Yeah, feel oh, thank you. Thank you. What is it you're trying to drive for? Well, I grew up um, living in a society that, um, that, that dancing is not recognized as a career, it's not being acknowledged as a career. And, um, you know, over the years, I've actually struggled by that because I love to dance, I love moving. And, uh, you know, um, I had a brother, I have a brother um, who's such an achiever. You know, he became, he's very, always top of the class, valedictorian, and um, became um, a Japanese government scholar uh, studied in Japan, um, studied Nihongo for six months, and studied the the course in Nihongo, and then um, Nihongo is a language. Nihongo, the Japanese language. Oh, that's the Japanese language. Yeah. So stud- uh, he studied the Japanese language for six months in Japan because he got the scholarship, and then studied computer engineering using Nihongo, using the Japanese language. And he's really the smartest in the family. Well, and I always joke about this. You know, I think from among the four of us siblings, he got ninety percent of the the intelligence, so, and the the remaining ten percent we just divided it into three. But <laughs> well, let's talk about that for a second, because you were saying that your mom developed street smarts from Manila, yeah. and so I'm curious what your definition is of smart, because smart. I don't think it's it's just the academic side. Yeah. Well, my brother is academically gifted, but my mom. She is also academically gifted, but because she is not from a well-off family, she knows how to, you know, work things out her way. She's mm-hmm. a very, she's charismatic. She's a, um, her ability to, to like, 
live life every day to the fullest, she has it. She has that drive. She wants to. She's a survivor. Mm. Yeah. So um, there, um, living with that kind of, uh, of uh, society, like, you know, the only courses or the only degrees we know, the only career we know is just, you know, successful people are the doctors, the engineers, the architects, the lawyers. And that translates in, into smart but I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if that is your so, definition of smart. No, that's why with all the studies that I've, um, I've uh, encountered over the years and with my experience, you know, multiple intelligence. Mm -hmm. I am so happy that there's a study now about multiple intelligence. And uh, it's now gradually being recognized back home. And, you know... Now I understand why I am this passionate because I'm, I believe in, in what I have in my smart. I am body smart. My brother is probably number smart or word smart or everything smart. But I know now my place in this world. Multiple intelligence study is really an eye-opener for me. And I share it to a lot of people because I want to empower the dance artists this is what I can do, and this is what I believe I am good at. So how do I empower the dance artists? I mean, in, in the next generations, to love and embrace dance. And how do I also make the parents understand that dancing can be a career? I am a living proof that dancing can be a career. Hmm. It sounds like there's there's a bit of a, a mindset shift involved yes. that you're yeah. you're pushing the dancers to think maybe differently about themselves. Yeah. I'm wondering like where does it where where is their initial mindset and where do you try to take them? Because um as I've said, I grew up in a society that they don't really recognize dance as a career. So you study and then after you graduate, you apply for a job. That's the trend. It sounds like most societies, what you're describing. Okay. So, yeah. so that's, that's the thing to most societies. And um, for me, if you, if you love what you're doing, it doesn't feel like you're working and you're really living life. So why not choose a thing that you really love and be the best at it? And uh, when you empower the, the kids to really choose what they love, you know what? They will really work hard and they will really focus on that. But if there's, but of course, with, with teenagers, you have to guide them, right? Because they have poor decision makings. But for the parents, I want, I want them to, to be more open-minded, to be more open-minded about, about the multiple intelligences that there is. And in, in the Philippines, every, everybody knows how you do this. Um, but th we've got a couple of listeners who are not from the Philippines. Yeah. I think there's only two, two of them. Only two. Yeah. yeah. Um, They're from Malaysia. <laughs> there's one from the Philippines, <laughs> hopefully. Um, <laughs> so for the three listeners. Um, for the three listeners. What is it? What is it? How do you do this? Because you take kids along on journeys. You, yes. you give trainings. Tell us a little yeah. bit about that. Um, what do you mean, how do I do it? Like yeah, what, the program? It, what is it? Yeah, the program. Tell us about okay. the program. Okay. Um, um, my dream really when, when I, when I was, um, starting to really flourish with my choreography was to have a place, a venue where I grew up, 
where I hone my talent. So that's a dance school and uh, surrounded a, a very, a very lively dance school with a very lively community, um, very busy. And um, I wanted that to, to be achieved. Um, what I want is to have a space so people will come, you know, they take classes. At first it was just that. At first it was just that. You know, give them a space where they can, you know, be trained in a dance studio. But it became bigger with all the collective learnings that I'm having. Like, you know, dancing can be career, and then a lot of uh, parents are not supporting their, their children with this, and then a lot of children are being sad about the fact that they're not being supported. So it became bigger. Then I, I, together with my partner, created a program called GeForce Project, where we teach and inspire kids. Um, it's uh, recognized in the Philippines that it was a game-changing program because it's not just a dance recital. We call it a dance concert. We train our students to perform on the same level as their idols on TV. So GeForce, the dance company, is being seen on TV. And I, they idolize most of their dance enthusiasts, idolize G-Force. And G-Force are the ones who train the celebrities. So imagine if a dance enthusiast or the da a dancer, aspiring dancer, wants to become a performer, she would go to G-Force Dance Center. It is the home of celebrity choreographers. Imagine you will be trained by the people, by the choreographers who train the same, the, the, the idols, the celebrities they see on TV. And they will dance, they will be trained to dance on the same level as the idols. And that's the program that we do. They will go for a six, six day training. And then after that, there is a performance and they all get to glam up like performers, like their idols. Um, let's talk about that for a second, the idea of celebrity. Uh, we, we spoke over the weekend about the fact that, that the Philippines has one of the, one of the highest, uh, I think, per capita uh, beauty pageants in the world, yes. which, is, which is sort of showcasing you to a bigger audience and gaining approval yeah. or disapproval. Uh, you're describing uh, this as an example, uh, G-Force yes. as an example of, of, of being like your idols, becoming an idol. What's your take on that? What are, you are quite famous yourself in the Philippines. What, how do you approach this idea of, of, of celebrityism? Well, um, I just don't want it to get into the system of the kids so much because uh, there is, um, of course, there is a disadvantage of that because they only get validation through the number of likes. That's the one thing that mm -hmm. I really hate about it. Mm -hmm. um, I want them to, um, the celebrity, um, how do you call it, um, thing in the Philippines. It's, um, you know, Philippines is like, for me, it's like the Hollywood of, uh, say, Asia. We have a lot of talents there. And uh, to most to most um, families, when you become a celebrity, it's, uh, it's like work. And that will be their bread and butter. And Filipinos love expressing. We are gifted. 
I would say. Um, you know, we sing, we dance, as if it's just, you know, an everyday thing. It is really an everyday thing. We love expressing. And um, when, when you love something, you, you hone it. You, you practice, you train so that it become, it'll become skills. It will become your skills. And then from having it like a good and great skills that you have, you can be compensated for that and it can become work. Then it, when, when it's a time that you're getting paid for that, you can really support your family. Mm-hmm. So most of the people, most of the, most of the um, Filipinos who watch TV, they love watching TV, they will see celebrities who just join competition. They will win and get all the um, all endorsements and um, TV commercials, and they will be paid for that. And they will see the, the succession, the progress of the lives of these celebrities, say the ones who just joined a reality show. From nothing, from being no one, to being big, being someone. And they will see how their life have progressed. They can provide for their family. They will have house. They will have their own car. And that's for them is aspiring. Mm-hmm. But of course, they will see the hard work from those celebrities. Yeah. So there's some appreciation of the, the hard work that the celebrities put in. There is. And they see it on TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There is a downside to it, but because um, I think this is becoming like the our our tool, the self expression, singing, dancing. It's becoming our our tool and our skills to be to work to get livelihood out of it. You know, I'm thinking of, uh, I, I forget who, who said it, there's some futurist or, um, or, or sociologist who's, who, who claims right now that, uh, that in the future, uh, in the near future, in fact, there'll be, uh, what we're seeing is a pattern of more celebrities, thanks to all these social media platforms uh, that they're, they're in, in a way decentralizing television's power and the newspaper power, you're basically getting a lot of celebrities that have like niches and they're famous amongst the niches. And it sounds like you're describing an economy of celebrities. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it just well, sounds like um, that's the direction that it's going in. I like it, but at the same time, I don't like it. I like it because a lot of uh, people who express themselves and who are very um, particular with aesthetics will benefit on it. But at the same time, it can also be like an instant success kind of uh, kind of work, and they don't have to like work hard really on a particular skill 
um, like with dance now, what I've been noticing from the youth is that they watch videos and they will see, say, um, triple turn mm -hmm. or high jumps. They will just copy. And Filipinos are so good because they're, they're, most of them are visual learners. And they will just copy. And once they can do it, only an expert can tell what's wrong in the, in the movements that they're doing. But to some people who just watch, they will like it because it's, for them, it's humbam. <laughs> for them, it's humbam. So they will like, you know, just double click, double click, double click. They will just like. And this person who's achieving or who's receiving all the likes will feel that the work that she has done or he has done was validated by people. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah. It was not validated by experts. Mm. So where do they go? They will just, you know, keep on doing that thing with that kind of standard. And they will not have the hard work anymore, the patience anymore of building the muscles, getting the lines right, doing the the dance correctly, doing the choreography correctly. So... So there's a bit of an erosion of the of the art based on uh, the likes, which which are really acknowledgments, but not necessarily like, you know, you're doing it correctly. Yeah. Yeah. Like with me, whenever I post dance, um, I have this thing called a 10 a.m. habit, which I do every Sunday, 10 a.m. habit, and I post it on my Instagram. Um, I am happy that it's getting a lot of likes. I am happy. But it's my way of assessing myself and assessing And what the exactly teachers. is this habit? What, it, um, what do okay. you do Every on Sunday? Every Sunday, yeah, sorry about that. I didn't really describe it well. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Every Sunday, we do a show. Um, it's a noontime show in the Philippines. It's a... The longest running noontime, or the longest running running variety show in the Philippines. It's been around for twenty three years now, twenty three years, and G Force has been part of that show for thirteen years. Wow! Every Sunday at twelve noon, you turn on the TV and we're there. We're doing the show. It started for like it's a three hour show, and then now it's shortened to two hours. So we, we get to work with a lot of celebrities and the dancers become, became celebrities themselves. So they watch. And we are in the studio at 6 a.m. to do the blocking, to dance, to do stage adjustment and camera rehearsal. At 9.30, we stop rehearsals. We go to, the, to our dressing room. The dancers, of course, will prepare do their makeup, prepare costumes. And I'm just there inside, just waiting for 12 noon. So what I did, I made 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. more productive for me, for me. Instead of just, you know, sitting there and waiting for the show to, to happen, I, I made some something for me to be more productive. So what I did, I asked one of any of the choreographers from, from, from G-Force, to teach me to have like a mini dance class in the studio. So they will teach me 
their style. And I haven't done like dances that are not mine. <laughs> Whenever I dance, it has to be my choreography. But this time around, I made so you them. You get to learn new moves, yes. new styles. And... Yeah. So, uh, so I asked them to teach me. And from, from that experience, it's not just you know, about assessing myself, but also assessing them as teachers. Mm. Why do you teach like that? You know, as if I'm a visual learner, I will understand that. But please explain to me how, how you do things. Explain it. Where do you put your weight? How, what's the angle of this? How, how quick do we transfer? What's the rhythm? Give it to me. Don't just show it to me. So, so you're, you're coaching them how to train yes. and at the same time being trained yourself. Yes. And there's an output probably like a video or something. Yes. That and you I, I, would, I would, yes, I would take a video after an hour and post it. Mm -hmm. And believe me, the likes are. Yeah. It sounds very intense. authentic. It's a very authentic it's video. Raw, it's raw. And it's yeah. raw. They yeah. like it when it's raw. Yeah. They like it. And they like the fact that I am being vulnerable. Because I am teacher to soul. <laughs> so they like the fact that I am, I still learn. Yeah. I still get uh, learnings from my choreographers, from the choreographers of G-Force. Yeah. But see, for me, I'm the expert. If, I, if I'm going to watch a video, that's nothing. That, that dancer, that G over there dancing is... You know, she needs work. <laughs> she needs work. So, but for them, it's like home bam. Yeah. So what about, so I have that mindset. But do these kids have that mindset? I don't think so. I can use the number of likes for me to be really boastful about it or not learn anymore. Mm -hmm. But I know for a fact that it's not good enough. But what about the children? What about the youth who just post whatever, but getting a lot of likes? There's an aggressive level of self-criticism almost that I, that I hear, right? Yeah. yeah, but I need it. And I think also because I'm used to that criticism because um, I was trained by the traditionalists and before it's uh, the training was get this right because you're not gonna finish this or you're not gonna go anywhere and um, I remember I had a trainer that um, when I raised my leg up to here he would put um, a needle mm. for you not to to bring it down so it's like a military training that was before I, I received the military training so I have this attitude towards my craft, but now it's different. You, you apply military training, nobody will stay. Mm. It's a different approach now. You have to make them love and enjoy what so they're doing. So you're pleasing, you're trying to please as well. Well, I'm mixing. You're mixing. I just can't please them. Mm. No. Mm. I want them to enjoy. Because at the time, the effect for me was go, go, go. But to some colleagues of mine, or my, my classmates, some of them got really like emotionally affected by it. They didn't survive. But me, I liked it. So it's a different effect for me. 
Uh, it trained me well, and it built my muscles. But for the children now, it's really different. So I still have to, to assess every student. Every student has to have a le unique learning. I love how we, we're getting to how you become who you are and how you stay relevant, which also brings me a little bit to, to what we do in our lightning round. So we've got two questions for you around that. Um, yeah, we do. Our first question uh, is whether you have any recommendations to uh, our, our listener from the Philippines and our listener from Malaysia uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and whoever else is listening. Um, about the thinkers. The thinkers, yes, exactly. Thinkers. Do you have any recommendations for uh, any kind of cultural thing? It could be a book that meant a lot to you or a dance or a well, performance my, or yeah. a movie, anything at all. Well, my recommendation is really for people to travel a lot. Mm. Yeah. Not any particular book. Because um, you will really get a lot of learnings when you travel. You get to understand people. You get to understand how they study things. And you yourself as well. You get to understand yourself on how you, you react to every place you go into and to every culture that you experience. Mm. It's different. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. And it, and since you're so tied in with music, I this is my own curiosity. Do you have any uh like piece of music that right now is super inspiring for you to dance to? To dance to? Or in the past? In the past? Nothing in particular because I always um uh I have a Spotify because I have to be um to grow with the time. Always have to know what what's what's current and uh, what the market market is listening to. Nothing in particular. Any any music for me is okay. In fact, I like it when there's silence. Silence for me is music. Yeah, silence for me is music. You'll be surprised because sometimes when I go to a spa, I ask them to turn off whatever mood music they're playing. Because I still choreograph. Mm. Whenever I hear music, like say if it's a sound of waterfalls, my goodness, my brain is still functioning. I'm not relaxing. And um, I still create movements like, okay, there should be like uh, a group of six girls wearing white and they're doing slow movements with that kind of sound. And um, I used to say it's like a blessing and a curse at the same time. But no, now not anymore. It's a gift. It's a gift that I just need to manage so that it will not be all over the place. I'll be more focused there. Mm -hmm. And maybe as a last thing, what is a ritual you do? What's a common practice that maybe a daily routine that makes you who you are and makes you perform the way you perform? Oh, gosh. Um... Non actually, but um, think is making me realize a lot of things about how I become more in touch with myself, more in touch with nature. Um, think really um, transformed me personally and uh, professionally. It really helped me a lot. Now I already know when to, when to chill when to relax, and when to get my center. 
Um, what I practice now, what I practice now, when I wake up in the morning, is to get my center first. Before I check on my phone, I check on whatever I want to check. Um, of course, I have three kids. <laughs> I, I can't, you know, when I wake up in the morning, I can't just be, oh, okay, I need 15 minutes to find my center. No, it's not like that. When I wake up in the morning, I have to bring them to school. And, you know, just appreciate what I have. Appreciate. That, for me, is like, you know, pausing and really looking at what I have in life. And it's actually think that helped me recognize that. It's think that helped me um, appreciate the little things that I have. Those little things that I have are actually the most important ones. Because I'm like um, a career-driven person. Yeah. So there, this is actually the best, I would say, the best thing that happened to me so far. But this is really expensive, man. This is no joke. Think is no joke. Goodness. I mean, I fly from Manila to, to Amsterdam. And I remember I was leaving after class, uh, after class nine, module four. I was leaving. I was on my way to the airport. And I'm not even going home yet. I'm going to Italy to attend a wedding. And I was crying. So crazy. I don't, I, and I, I realized that, you know, think really honed me as a person. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you have no idea what impact um, think gave me. Yeah. That's really great to hear. Thank yeah. You. Thank you, Giselle. Hum bam. Hum bam. This has been the Creative Leadership Podcast. My name is Rod. And my name is Mark. Thanks for tuning in.